Across the Park podcast is proud to be sponsored by Globe Gas and Heating. For the best kitchen and bathroom renovations, boiler servicing and repair, and central and underfloor heating in the Northwest, head over to globecentralheating.com and quote Across the Park for a free quote. Hello everyone, welcome back to the Across the Park podcast. It's myself, Judgy, with Millsy in the studio, as always, in the fantastic pod cafe. Great to be back. Um, it's been a few weeks break, obviously, in between Christmas. Hopefully you didn't miss us too much. Um, we'll be, we will be reviewing the Crystal Palace FA Cup tie, which obviously gives us a replay in, the, in 10 days' time. We'll be looking forward to that clash with Aston Villa at Goodison and we'll be tackling loads of the questions thanks as always to the questions that we've been given on social media thank you to our sponsors Globe Heating and Gas long term sponsors really appreciate that get over and uh, visit their Instagram page if you're after a, a bathroom in the in the new year to freshen up your house give them a shout equally if your boiler's on the blink they're the guys to contact um, Millsy again it's been a it's been a uh, a little bit of a break from proceedings. How are you? First of all, good. It's been I've a nice. Speak to you, like no, exactly. People think we don't. We're not mates. Um, no, it's been good. And you had a chaotic Christmas day, didn't you? Cooking for sixteen. We had a bit of a, a gammon and turkey debate. We had some comments in there last yeah, time. People were telling us how to make a gammon yeah, and stuff. Yeah. So just for all our listeners, how did the um, the sixteen man hosting go on Christmas day? It's uh, a plan. It, it went to plan. It went to it went to plan. It was probably the hardest Christmas day I've had in a while, <laughs> just because like. I hope no one's watching, none of the relatives are watching. Normally we have this kind of unwritten rule that when people turn up, they start chipping in and helping out with, you know, just plating up. Because that's yeah. the hardest bit. Anyone who's, who does a dinner and has done a dinner for more than five people, getting it out hot is the hardest bit. So normally everyone just starts to go, okay, well, I'll, I'll jump on the, you know, the peas and the sprouts or whatever. I'll jump on the carrots. Everyone just went and sat down. And I was like, what's going on here? So in the end, I was like getting a bit flustered. And I was like... Um, can someone just come and help out? <laughs> so my dad got up to help out, and bless him, my dad's probably the worst person you could ask. Like, he's missing plates. He's out also him. one of the kindest, for, for this podcast, he's also one of the kindest people he's helped anyone. Oh, so yeah, I can exactly. Imagine your dad that's what I mean. That. He, he was always the first person to jump up, but he probably would have been the last person I would have wanted to volunteer. <laughs> but we got there, dinner got out, no one, no one's had a food poison. It was, uh, again, I didn't really enjoy it that much. You just, you just don't enjoy it when you're yeah. slaving over it for six or seven hours, but... All went well. We all had a nice Christmas, and uh, yeah. So all those comments who were talking to us about the gammon and the turkey, he nailed it. You were all either right if you agreed with them, or you're wrong if you disagreed. My boy nailed it. But it has been nice to have a bit of a break from the podcast. I think the viewers probably needed a break from us. We needed a break yeah. from just coming into the studio and Pod Cafe. Probably needed a break from us as well. But yeah. 2024, let's have it. We're back. Yeah, we've got we've got loads in the in the pipeline as always. And um, we were chatting before the before the show. You know, you'd always come into the new year, whether it's your own personal life, your professional life, you know, with, with a bit of renewed vigour. Mm. Um, and we want to try and make the show bigger and better. As always, any suggestions you've got for that, anything you'd like a little bit more from us, any part of our content that you enjoy more than others, please let us know. It's always helpful for us that we certainly don't want to waste our time doing things that's not going to get your attention and, and that you're not going to enjoy. So without further ado, Millsy, let's let's kick in kick into the, the most recent recent news before we talk or we go back to the Crystal Palace game, something that's just broke, if you like, in in the, the last few minutes before we come on air, and that's the the growing speculation around uh, Amadou and Arna making mm -hmm. a move in January. Arsenal 
it seems, if, if we're to believe the, the reliable journalists that are, that are tweeting about it, have expressed the formal interest in signing on in this window. Just thoughts on that? It's a messy one because of the, because of the timing. This window's ne- we always get told this window's hard to buy in. So why would you selling it? Mm-hmm. But we know it, does, does, it came out today that the Treble Seven Group have put another fifty million pound. That, that's one hundred and fifty pounds they they put in now to the club. They then become a creditor if that doesn't go through. We know our financial situation yeah. isn't the best. Yeah. I don't see us resisting a big bid. No, it, it's whether that comes in. Um, I personally, he's, he's someone that the ceiling's high, and he's someone that gets a little mm. bit of stick because maybe, arguably, right player, wrong time. At times, he's, he mm. gives us things that maybe we don't actually need, and doesn't give us things that we maybe need. We need maybe an uglier, uglier player in there who doesn't want a showboat, doesn't want the glory. Maybe that's where we are as a club. Um, probably not nice to hear people, you know, be saying that. People might disagree, but I, I don't think if we can get a good deal, it would be a bad thing to be honest. And, and that's me taking the emotion out of it. And I'd love mm. to be the biggest club in the world and, and have the best players. I mean, there's gonna be realism about it. I, yeah. I, think, I think that player is eventually going to leave Everton, yeah. whether it's now or, or summer. I don't, I don't know. I couldn't agree with you more. I mean, you only have to look at if you like the model that Brighton have introduced now, and I'm not going to go into that in, in mega detail, just saying that comment, everyone will understand what I mean. They, they're not, you know, they're doing okay. They're doing, they're doing well on the pitch. They're doing well off the pitch, but they've done so on that basis of bringing players in that they, you know, they kind of give them a platform, mm. get a bit of juice out of them, and then they move them on for, for, for bigger money. You know, at sometimes double the fee, if not higher than that. Yeah. If we can get some of the figures touted of around 60, 70 million for Amadou Anana, that is a significantly better um, business model than what we've, we, we've yeah, had. Yeah, we, we've we struggled, haven't we, with, with players? Look, the list is endless of who Koeman and Silva mm-hmm. and whoever bought, and they all left on freeze. You know, Tosin and Walcott under Allardyce, Klassen, Schneiderlin, Sand, mm-hmm. you know, all these players left for little or no money. So the model had to change, and, and here we are in the model with a bright young prospect who's who does shine at times and, and a bigger club or a bigger team. You know, I hate to say bigger club, a bigger team of, of seemingly eyed them up. The, the, the one thing is, and I don't want to get too much in the weeds because we don't, we're not that mm-hmm. podcast, but I believe we haven't given all the money due on him. I believe there's a 20% mm-hmm. sell on. Just selling him doesn't mean we don't owe Lil any more money. No, but the big it, chunks it, got to then. But that that's all relative, anyway, isn't it? If we owe Lil, if we still owe Lil twenty million pound, and they're a creditor as well. If we can wipe out that creditor, mm. put a little bit of money in the bank, or out whatever the twenty percent is, it's all relative, isn't it? It doesn't matter whether we owe. It does matter, but it doesn't from a cash flow point of view because we've released. Yeah. You know, f- you're not going to be able to spend <clears> that money <throat> in the market, though. Like, that's yeah, and, and I think that's that's probably the the, the biggest question on most Evertonians lips isn't it is like what are we going to be able to do to fill that gap because we certainly absolutely can't sell them without bringing someone else no. in now we're not under any illusions we're going to bring someone else in who's better than them or, or the same level but it needs to at least be someone mm. an able-bodied yeah. Premier League player who, who can fill that gap I mean a few names spring to mind I mean Conor Gallagher being one of them who's been touted with the move, I don't think we'd be his first choice, but it'd be someone of that ilk, wouldn't it? Someone who, who yeah. maybe one of the top clubs could could afford to allow to go on loan. I mean, Hannibal is one of the players from United who, who yeah. was potentially going to be on loan to Sevilla. We've no, apparently <clears throat> asked the question, haven't we? No about... coincidence that they're part of the 777 family oh, um, yeah, as well. So I wouldn't be surprised to see that. Look, it's not a like-for-like replacement. That he's more player. of an attacking player, isn't he, Hannibal? He, he but more, he's a he... presence, though. He's got that presence that Anana was having there. Okay. Um, 
He's, I think he's, I'd say he's a bit more box to box. To be fair, but yeah, but again, I spoke he's, to a United fan and and, and the, not the United fan who I spoke to. He's a season ticket holder. Mm. My old boss, he'd love to mention him on this show now. He said he's never nailed down a position because he's always moved around. Yeah, no, yeah, that, but I know it was a bit like that. Not, he hasn't, I mean, it wouldn't say Nana, but you didn't really know whether Nana was defending. We've had that argument, yeah. haven't we? Where is he's he defensive? Is he, yeah, yeah, exactly. Is he an attacking midfielder? Is he a defensive midfielder? Which is he? I think the fact he's he's unproven, isn't he? So that that is is always going to be a you know is going to be a question. I don't know. Question look, look, I don't know the ins and outs of Arsenal. Um, Emil Smith Rowe is sitting there doing nothing. Mm. Is there a question to say give give us give give us him till May as yeah, part we, of this? I definitely think there's there's legs in in asking for some kind of part exchange, yeah. as in like a loan till the end of the season. Yeah. We're in a results. strong position to do that. Yeah. So look, we'll see how that unfolds. But I think they're definitely considerations. Look, the fee is the first. First thing, we do need to get a fee that's worthwhile. I'm sure that's the priority for Thelwell and, and his his team anyway. But equally, getting someone in to fill that gap in some way, shape or form is important because we are, look, we're, we're still in a perilous position. There's no... Because you're good to say that. he's going. I know these rumours that come out and, and you'd always know if, if it's like a team talk, it would not mm. credible. If they tweet like Everton after someone, it's, it's pie in the sky. Mm. A number of credible journalists have now said that there's significant interest. And your gut, does he go this window? I think so, yeah. yeah. I think this early... So for them to be linked so strongly this early in the window, coinciding with Arsenal having a, a dip in form and needing a little bit of an mm. impact, it, it wouldn't surprise me. Mm. I, I say it wouldn't surprise me. It would surprise me if we, we kept it now at this stage. Yeah. I think it's just a matter of getting the deal right. Um, and nice. getting it, for me, look, getting it done as early as possible. Give oh, yeah, you don't want this time. to drag. You don't want him playing, playing on Sunday in a big game against Villa. Mm. And he's looking in the stand to see if the Arsenal scouts there. You don't want that to well, roll I've on. seen that before with him. Not not necessarily thinking he's well. Maybe in the towards the end of the summer window, you could see he was half thinking. I don't really want to go that extra yard here because I think I might be moving. I, I think he is like you know he's a young player anyway. I think he's quite easily influenced. That was who and you've seen it in the stadium on the pitch. Yeah. He's always kind of looking for for, for some of their influences, isn't he? So it would definitely not be someone that I'd want to be having that distraction hanging mm. over him. Um, and I should be very aware of that, I'm sure, anyway. Yeah, true. And it, it, our winter break has gone up in, in smoke now because we've got an FA Cup replay, yeah. so we, we need that sort of, don't we? Yeah, definitely. Going back to the reason why that, that winter break has, has gone up in smoke, was the draw at Crystal Palace. Um, thoughts on the on the performance there, the results? Um, I thought we were back, back Harry. Um, I thought that the performance dipped against Wolves. The whole Christmas period, I thought we, we haven't really covered it. But mm. Summarised very, very quickly because we did do the instant match after the City game. I thought the City game was a little bit of a... Every year for me, it's a little bit of a free hit because they're so good and you've just got to really try and land a few punches. And I thought we did at times. Tottenham, I thought we were brilliant. But then Wolves, it just completely dipped. I didn't recognise that performance. Yeah. I think the manager pointed to a lot of fatigue. Um and a lot of mitigating factors. I thought he was quite clever in what he said. He, he said, well, let's not have the winter break, but let's put some December fixtures into that and spread it. Mm. And I think I do think I, I, I agree with him. I thought the Wolves' performance was a lot of mitigation in there. The one worry for me, and me and you spoke, was does that now become the norm? Mm. Was our good form the exception? But no, I thought we were back against Palace. Yeah, I thought yeah. the energy levels were back. I thought Jack Harrison in central role made, made, made a difference. I was pleased to see Dan Juma playing mm. with such freedom because I thought the kind of guy he is, is he going to come on and sulk? Because he's linked away and he's not played. Yeah, yeah. I thought he looked really sharp. Maybe food for thought for the manager if we keep Dan Juma, that we can now use him to get Everton up the mm. pitch quicker. I thought it was a good performance. Um, it's just, we just seem to be lacking something, someone to put the ball in the net. Yeah. Um, it showed that Tottenham, the amount of chances we had, it was like, 
every time he went forward, Tottenham were rocking. And mm-hmm. if he had had a Lukaku or a Yakubu or you know someone in there who knows what they're really doing, mm-hmm. Tom Calvert Lewin seems to go through a crisis of confidence at the minute. Mm-hmm. And I just think if he'd have had someone in there, that's the one thing over the Christmas period I've really looked at and thought, wow, that's sticking out to me. That's, that we actually need someone in there to finish these moves off because we'd have been in there for a fourth rounds, higher up the table, mm-hmm. and I don't want that to come back and hurt us. Yeah, I agree. Uh, I think. You'd have to say he was a little bit unlucky at Tottenham. You know, he took his goal well at Tottenham. He was offside. Yeah, Not offside, it was a foul, wasn't it, from yeah. Andre Gomez. So he's a little bit unlucky there. But I agree, he, he's looked... I, don't, I wouldn't call it a crisis confidence. I don't think he's that type of player, but I just think he may be overthinking a little bit at the moment. And it's playing on his mind. Look, no striker, no striker is not thinking about the fact they haven't scored for a period of time. No, it's on the mind without doubt. And I think he's just maybe taking a few too many touches. Dominic Calvert-Lewin is best when we've seen him at his best. He, he takes it, it's first time, it's one touch bang. It, and yeah. at the moment, he's just taking one or too many touches and, and it's just getting away from him slightly. And, and you're seeing that again at Palace. Do you think, I mean, you spoke about this, but for the show, do you think the amount of games he's had now, where I'm not going to say he hasn't made a difference because I think we're a better team mm. with a minute. The amount of games where he's not scored a goal now. Does Beto deserve that run? Does the manager now say to Beto, give Dominic Cavalier five or six games there? He hasn't scored. I'm going to give the share to you for the same amount of games. Is that, you know, something you'd, you'd be supportive of? Because yeah, I certainly well, would. Yeah, I, I do. And I, and I think I said, well, I did say, when Cavalier first come back into the team and he come back into it pretty much straight away, the minute that Beto didn't score in a game yeah. pretty much straight away. It was after the Chef Chef United game, Beto played really well away from home. I can't remember the next game was. Brentford, yeah. Lewin Beto, came on and scored. Yeah, but played 60 minutes, Lewin come on and scored, and that was it. The yeah. shirt was his after that. And I think that that dented Beto's confidence more than it you know, it impacted Calvert Lewin positively. I, I agree with you. I think Beto needs to know. And it's unfortunate in a way. Look, it's unfortunate on a number of levels that Carvel is now going to be banned. It doesn't look like that ban's going to be overturned, which is which is ridiculous. But the fact that Beto's only coming in because Carvel has been banned is a bit of a stink of a tight because I think he would have liked to have said, look, yeah. here's your chance now. I have four or five games in the team. Show yeah. me why you should keep that chair. I'm picking you ahead of Dominic. Yeah, yeah, he's now getting picked because Carvel yeah. banned now. It depends. We don't know enough about the mentality of Beto, but what I've seen so far is he, he, he seems to want to be the main man and that's where he, he, he flourishes. Um, <clears throat> I don't think he's quite going to see himself as the main man having come in for Calvert-Lewin being suspended. However, I agree with you. I think if he, if he gets a goal you know, on Sunday against Villa um, and, and he gets a goal maybe in the replay, it would be great to see him have a good run in the team then. and Calvert Lewin yeah. then having to come on for the last 20, last half an hour. I still think that could, that could work, absolutely. And I, I think Beto gives us something different and he's shown that against, against Palace. You know, even when he come on with us being 10 man down, we looked, he looks a handful, yeah. doesn't he? Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, it, you know, I really do hope he takes the ball by the horns. We need him to. We absolutely need him to. Back to your point before... There's not enough players in that final third that are taking the chances at the moment. Without Decore, we've struggled. We are. We, and and Decore, I'd like to think, unless there's a, there's a setback, he should be back for the weekend. He put something on his Instagram um, this morning. Back with the boys. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, hopefully he's back and, and, and you're right, his goals <clears> and his his, uh, his influence in that in that final third has, has been hugely missed. But yeah, I mean, I agree with your points on the, on the, on the, on the Palace game. I, th- I think it's a game... We, you know, we would have liked to have won, given that we had large periods. I think we pretty much controlled the game. Yeah. They didn't really have a, a, a great deal of that match. 
which is pleasing to see. I think I think it was a, it was a big boost that Elise wasn't playing because I, I wasn't looking forward to Eze and Elise. I think Eze was good enough on, on they his own. They looked a poor team, Palace, and that's the second time I've seen them. Yeah. Sometimes you see teams on the, on the odd weekends and you don't really. It's, it's unfair to make a perception of them, but I've seen them twice now. They don't look good. They look like someone who, who could could possibly be pulled a little bit into it. I think it. of Elise. I don't know how long Elise is out for, but I got the impression that he was out for maybe another four to six weeks. Mm. Without him and Eze in the team, they are a poor team. When yeah. they got one. They look okay, but without both of them, which is when we played them last time away, they are a poor team. I think they need both of those on the pitch. Yeah. And I think even the commentator in our game was, was summed it up well. He said, look, this Palace team, very you know, very average, if you like, but then they've got a splash of quality with Elise and, and Eze, yeah. and they normally get away with it with those two. And obviously, had Zaha last year, didn't he? But yeah. take Zaha away, take Elise away, they, they are distinctly average. I, I think. think there's someone that... that maybe not us, maybe a team above us, like a Forest or a, or a Bournemouth, can pull in and just make it a bit nervous. Brentford, yeah, Brentford will be looking at them thinking we want to reel them in with us because they're, they're yeah. obviously in a similar position, aren't they? They've got Tony back now, haven't they, as well? Yeah. Makes well, a big difference. possibly. Depends on how that one yeah. pans out. I really hope someone signs them because <laughs> I think with them, they're a, they're a much better team. Yeah. Anyway, looking forward to the weekend. Uh, you know, we've got the replay coming after that. Um, we, we, may, we may touch up on that, but looking at the weekend first and foremost, Aston Villa, doesn't come much tougher, does it really, in terms no. of the teams outside of what we would have expected to be the top four or five? Do you remind me of what Newcastle were doing last season, where yeah. they just became a bit of a juggernaut and no one wanted to play them? Mm-hmm. Um, when you look at their, you're right there, you're in the boozer, you're right there one to 11, you compare it to a number of other one to 11s, possibly not the strongest on paper, oh. but they've got such momentum. Mm-hmm. They've got a really, really good manager who's identified a style which allows them to play with freedom at times. They look like a really, really good team. Correct me if I'm wrong, weren't, they, weren't we one of the first teams to play them when Emery come in? No, it was it was about 10 games in, wasn't it? They yeah, beat they, us 3-1, was it? They beat us at Goodison 2-0, I think it was, it was February. They beat us by a couple of goals. Yeah, they changed the manager in December. So it I remember speaking to the... When we were doing Justin. the... Um, yeah, I remember when we were doing the, the, um, the preview... He's back he, on again this week. Yeah, yeah, he was talking about how good Emery's been and the impact he's had. And at that point, I, I wasn't sure. I remember saying to you, is he over-egging this? Or like, yeah. But they were impressive when they played as a good and a lot good as in last time. And He said he's seen the switch straight away yeah. between Gerard and Emery, like the class mm. of what, what, mm. what the team brought. lines up and how the team are being coached and how the team are then taking that. I think Villa, they came to Goodison last year and won. Um, I remember it being a close game and then we just sort of ran out of legs and we, and we conceded two in the second half. Um, I think it's going to be a much tougher game for us. Decore should be back. If you can play Decore off a, a, a Beto for me, uh, regardless if Lewin's bands overturns or not, I'd, I'd go with that and I'd really try and give them a fight up there. I think if you can make it awkward for them mm. and you can non-stop make it awkward for them, you can win set pieces around there and they have a difficult afternoon in their own half. I think that maybe Everton can get something, but I think if Aston Villa start well and we allow the freedom, I wouldn't like to play against Aston Villa how we played against Arsenal and City. I, no. would, I wouldn't treat them with that much respect. No, no. no. I'd, I'd go for them a little bit. Um, similar to how we played Newcastle this season, yeah. under the lights. We went for Newcastle and they were rocked straight away. Mm. I'd, I'd like to see us go for them. Um, I, it's a game that I'm not expecting Everton to win, but I, I also don't think we'll lose it. I, mm. I think Everton can get a draw on Sunday. I agree, and, and I think... Um... I, I'm, I'm probably putting my neck on the line a little bit here, but I think I think of the games that they struggled in the season, Villa, and they've not been against the teams that do play progressive through the thirds football. It's been the teams that are a little bit more ugly. I mean, recently, you know, Sheffield United went to Villa Park and they were unlucky not to come away with, yeah, right, yeah. You know, with, with all three in the end. They got a draw, didn't they? But for, for large periods of that game, they really struggled, and they struggled because Sheffield United 
had themselves set up, but they were aggressive in the press and in yeah. there. And the Villa will play out. They will play out, and that that's what I'm excited about in yeah. a way. Is like we we've, we've done well against teams who play out from the back. With the you know with the exception of City, I think over the course of the game, City did wear us down, but they're exceptionally good at that. The one thing that might cause us a problem there is we're going to play Dan Juma, aren't we? Because McNeil went mm. off against Palace. Mm. Dan Juma, I've just praised him. He gets Everton up the pitch quicker. It's not so really much. Hard, he's no. not going to work hard, really impress. And, uh, he runs around, but he's just not very clever with it, is he? He just kind of yeah. runs in a straight line. and he, uh, he, McNeil's good at that that kind of pushing the opposition into a yeah, certain yeah. quarter of the pitch. So, yeah, that, that's a good point, that. But again, what, what Dan Juma does give us, because, you, look, you, you're going to accept that. Whether you think about it from Aston Villa's perspective or you look at it from our, from our perspective, they're probably going to be having 60-65% of the possession, if not more. Yeah. So we're going to need that pace on the break, aren't we? Yeah. And, and and the thing with better ones and Juma, as opposed to McNeil and Calvert-Lewin, they are both quicker. You know, they are both yeah, yeah. quicker. Yeah, Because um, just a guy and a guy is injured um, and the manager said that if, if, gone if anyway, he gets either, fit, he's about to go <coughs> anyway to the, the African, African Nations. Nations yeah. He's having treatments at, at Finch Farm. Even when he's fit, he goes anyway. So... The team sort of it's figures itself out, doesn't mm. it? It's it's the only doubt would be really the right back spot. Would you? Yeah. Does he keep Seamus Coleman? I, I think is Coleman, Ashley Young going to be fit? I think Coleman stays in. Okay. Um, on on the basis of his performance at Palace, he didn't. We don't know. We don't know how leggy he gets now after the games. We we can speculate that he he's, he's obviously not in the position now to play two games in a week, a week anymore. But this mm. probably comes with a long enough break for him, doesn't it? We were the area. Yeah. Of the FA Cup games, is that the best part of it? Maybe the Palace game, he then brings Patterson or Young back <clears> in. I'd say so. I think the replay would be the, the time to make the change again. Yeah. But I, I would definitely say, I, I thought Coleman was good against Palace. I mean, you look back, back at it. Did him. you see the, the video of him watching the VAR over yeah. the left shoulder? And the, like, the, all, no. the, all three we of them. Talk, we haven't spoken about that. It was McNeil and Tarkovsky. It was atrocious, I, wasn't it? I know, every, I know people are going to be bored of everyone's talking about this, but just to give our two cents with because we've been asked loads of socials and all you're going to get to them and we haven't included it because but we've got to come is, to it naturally but when you've got three players laughing and when you've got is it who's Anderson the centre half Anderson is it yeah and he's saying it's not a red mm. he's not a red and then you've got Will Hughes he's saying to Lou we are studs up like the opposition didn't even see it yeah there's a, there's a, um, a Palace fan vlogger and that went on, on Twitter as well and he's in the stand going like what He's, he's looking at the screen, going like, "Why has he been sent off?" When it's that bad, well, we've got to talk about it. There's yeah, someone so, sitting, <clears> in, there's someone now who's sitting in an office or an air-conditioned studio or whatever, looking for reasons that he or she can referee this game. Yeah. It's ridiculous. Well, I've said to, to to any any of the people I speak to who I've either played football with or I've played football, if you roll the ball in front of a person to go and chase it and they've got to kind of stop it before it gets to a certain point nine times out of ten if they're able to physically will slide to try and just stop that ball and get it under control again so you can see from the moment that he goes to ground that all he's trying to do is to get the ball under a spell yeah and his foot being up there is is just to try and get his balance and to get his foot round the ball and there was no, no there was no pace in his tackle he no. slid in a bit like I'm not risking well, myself here that leg is almost like, yeah. a, like you would you know if you're running towards what you got like that to kind of stop yeah. you to control he, he went in to not hurt no one no no it, it, exactly it was the opposite yeah. it was the opposite and then that coupled with the fact that Klein's running towards him He's actually sprinting, and he's not even going to get... Klein's not even near the ball. No. He's running to come back. <laughs> he's not even running to get the ball. He's running to chase back. And Lewin just, like, catches him 
inadvertently. And I'm there for those of the screen, and <clears> the f- <throat> you you see the still, and you see the slow motion, and he rewinds it back, and the slow motion comes again. You could watch our wedding videos, and at one point in the slow motion on the still, it looked like we're hitting our wife. You, you, could, you, you can make anything look how you want to make what, it. You know on that one as well, and that's a good point you make. If the ball's in the area, right, and you know it's not, you're not allowed to punch someone in the face, are you? No. Just, just, just answer yeah, that question. No, you're not allowed to punch someone in the face. <clears throat> Bear with me. If the ball comes into penalty area and the goalie comes out and punches the ball, yeah, and someone jumps up for a header behind it and gets hit by the goalie, nothing's happening about that because the goalie's punched. What's that still first. look like? That still exactly, looks terrible. That still <laughs> look horrendous, wouldn't it? Yeah. It couldn't look any worse. Exactly. That, but you wouldn't. The keeper would definitely not get sent off for that. This is. It's, it's getting like there's been loads of noise and loads of other clubs. I get it. Have been affected. I'm only here to talk about my club. We are getting the shitty end of the stick with this lately. Yeah. And like. People have put numerous, you know, clips together. Everton haven't had a man sent off against them since 2020. We've had no mm. penalty all season. We've played against, we've played with ten men on numerous occasions. Mm. The whole conspiracy corruption thing rears its head again. The Everton fan advisory boards have written to the PGMOL, mm. basically pointing out Michael Keane's goal in the first goal the game of the season was disallowed. Next week, someone else got it. The Onana shape tug at so inconsistent. At it? And look, then happens again, and it's it's getting a lot about, now. Forgetting about it being us, and, and I agree with what you're saying, and that, and that I'm sure that'll be that'll be clipped later on <laughs> to go out there. It's just so inconsistent. Yeah. It's just so inconsistent, as you say. Someone sitting in an air-conditioned room. 200 miles away is trying to re-referee that game and it's got there's just no context there all they're doing is watching replays back and back and trying to find something to pin on someone that's wrong that that's just yeah. that's not good for the game as Alan Shearer said yesterday on the Liverpool commentating on the Liverpool Arsenal game he watched the Sunderland Newcastle game the day before he said it's one of the best games of football he's seen in ages because no. Vars didn't ruin yeah. it and there's loads of yeah there's loads of you know high octane stuff and big Big challenges going. I seen the tackle from 09 on on the um, Miley or whatever the, the Newcastle kids, and it was a proper 90s challenge. Tackle. But he got Miley got right back up. I almost think he got right up, right back up, thinking Vaz not here. What's the point? Yeah, probably. Yeah, he smashed me. He's got the ball. It is what it is. And it was great to see from should, both players. There should be someone, <clears throat> one person who's in, in these studios or in the middle in the stands or whatever. There should be someone in every game now who's got some sort of I, I don't know like. And he tells them, hang on, you can't give that. Because last week in the other game, they never got it. It's gonna. We've, we've set our president here. Sort of like a, a, a script controller kind of thing. If you're a character in a script and someone says, well, oh, Gary's going to do this. But hang on, he's already, done, he's already done it. Yeah, we can't. Yeah, because yeah. last week we've done this with Gary. You can't do it again. That, but Someone's going to have to say, we, we, you can't give that. I guess the argument is, though, you'd start to get decisions that wouldn't get given, even though they were the right decision, because someone's had it before. I'm not sure I necessarily agree with that. However... There's got to be something. This can't, it can't carry on as it is. You're going to have to change it or bin it because it can't carry on. Nearly every club now is getting done. Even the likes of, even that lot have been done mm. this season and I'm fine with that. Mm. But even that lot are getting this. So you know yeah, something's yeah. wrong when they're getting a shit at the end of the second times. Yeah. No, I, I think if you're going to take, take off the Everton hat, I think the, the way, the, the best way you can sum it up is, and, and you've, you've said it yourself, is it's just so inconsistent and, and so out of context most of the decisions there's just no real football context to the decision it's just all about like you say isolating a particular frame that makes it look bad it's just that's not good the Lewin one there was no need to look at it 
So we didn't go and get a penalty, or Palace didn't go and Nobody get a penalty, and they had to say, right, let's just check Evans' kosher here. He went looking for something mm. in a nothing moment of the game, a nothing moment. Nobody, not none of the none of the players appealed about Clans it. didn't appeal. He just went the to pe- answer. Yeah. Oh, that is. Yeah, I'll get the hope now. Yeah, <laughs> it, it it was bizarre. It was. I think it was one of the most bizarre ones I've seen for that reason. Is that nobody on the pitch, both us or them, thought there was anything wrong with it. No. Calvert Lewin, least of all, was like, what? Like yeah, I touched him, but. I was supposed to not touch him. I was sliding to get the ball, and he sprinted full pace past me and got caught. It was. Oh. And those tackles that you're talking about in the Sunderland Newcastle game, there was ones that were worse than Lewin's. Craig Pawson refereed that, and he was the VAR on Thursday. It's he's got no consistency at him alone. No, 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 Neil no. Warner came out and talked sport, didn't he? Saying Pawson's got something against Everton, and it makes you think. But the th- yeah, and has it, he? Neil Warner's got no agenda, no reason yeah. to say that, has he? But, but the thing with that as well, it's a different job. Yeah. It's a different job. Refereeing a game at real speed and refereeing it at slow-mo yeah. is a different job. Yeah. And, and he shouldn't be doing that job. And he should not. So when, <clears throat> when, 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 for whatever reason, he went looking on Thursday night, there should be something in his brain that goes, well, do you know what? I, I, I'd have missed that and it's not that bad. You know, if he'd have caught it, if the referees have blown and he's asked for my opinion, the, the Pandora's box has been open, but I'm not going to pull it back well, he's for gone that. In, I'm not going to tell him. No, that's not a mistake. And that's no. <clears throat> not a mistake for him to have not seen that, is it? No. He's not, it's not an error. And uh, Everton number nine gets banned for three Premier League games. And I, I, almost can't, I almost can't blame the referee either because the referee's been told it's bad that, you know, look at it. And he's given the, he's given the exact clip that Pawson thinks is the worst one. And he's went, there you go. Are you going to set, tell me that's Two not... Two and a half minutes he looked at that for. It's, it's hard. I, I've got a bit of sympathy for the referee that, and, and people might have a go. And if I, I have got a little bit of sympathy because... You don't know in your head what you're almost thinking in your head. What's being said on telly? Yeah, are they saying that's a, that's a leg breaker? Yeah. And I'm going to turn around and say it's not. My my colleague in the studio slowed it. You know, we've got it to the point, and he's saying he's doing me a favor. It's a bad one. He's doing me a favor. It's like it's happening, isn't it? Yeah. yeah. Give him a red card. You're going to be you're going to be yeah. praised for that. So it's it's horrible. It's, it's just it creates so many unwanted and unnecessary dilemmas. Yeah. For the referees, and I've said it before. I, I think it's hard. It's a harder match. It's a harder job for the referee now because the referee thinks, do we need to make that decision or not? Shall I just wait, see what the VAR's are? Or the VAR hasn't said nothing. I can't go back because VAR hasn't, do you know what I mean? Yeah. It's, uh, yeah. Uh, I don't know the answer to it, but it's got it's got to change. I don't know if you, if you if the captain gets a couple of challenges. So the Crystal yeah, Palace captain could I've have went to Klein there. times and I like it. You could have said to Klein, do you want me to challenge this? And Klein might say, he hardly touched me, you know. I'm, like I'm doing it. Then. I, I like that idea. Um, but if Klein goes, it's a leg breaker, look at me, and my socks ripped. Yeah, no, the I captain like says, okay, I'm I like sure. it. I want you to look at that. And, and you challenge, if, you, if you're successful with it, then you keep your same old challenges, but if you keep constantly challenging and stuff, it's gone then, you don't get a chance you, to do yeah, it again. You, you, you get three challenges a game or something, mm. unless it's absolutely clear and obvious, then Navarre can come in and go, he's got no challenges left, but his mates broke his fucking leg over there, you're going to have to Yeah, yeah, involved. I mean, it's, it's, yeah, there's got to be a, got to be, yeah. But look, again, uh, as much as you're probably bored of saying it yourselves, please give us your comments. Let us know what you think on that. And, and again, like, like Millsy said, I know it's been covered to death, but we felt the need to do because it was a significant in- incident. And once again, it's Everton that are on the the, the, the rough ends of the <laughs> stick, as you say, without without swearing. We got loads. We got loads on the Twitter over this. So we know. did. But I've got I've got a few questions anyway, Mills, that I'm gonna I'm gonna send your way. Um, first one, which is interesting, we just covered this around. Um, around Decore. Would you have liked to have seen Onyango given a chance in Decore's absence? Do you think Onyango has a future? Double-edged question, but um, first one first. Has he got a future? Probably not. 
because at the age he's at now, what is he? He's his twenty now, is he? And he's been on loan at Forest Green, and he's been on loan. I think he went somewhere else without sounding like a rubbish pundit. That Joey Barton's going to go after. I don't know who mm. else it was, but he's been somewhere, and he's not came back and kicked on. He's continued to play with the under twenty threes, and he's continued to not feature for the first team. So I don't think he's someone who's got a future. But it, it, but if you if you can't play them. You sell them. He's probably someone Everton will get a transfer fee for in the summer. I don't know enough about Tyler and Yango to say whether he's made a difference for Takore. I, I get why the managers tried James Garner there. And if, if you watch slowly, um, if you watch the game slowly, at times he rotated with Onan, especially mm. at Tottenham, who tried to play Onan up there a little bit. I get why the manager didn't want to take an established veteran of the team for Onyango. I don't know enough about him other than I, I've not seen much of him. So, yeah, I mean, that, has he got it? My, my feeling is that I, I trust the manager's manager's judgments in terms of what the players, what's expected of the players in that system. Yeah. And I don't think that Nyango really gives us what we would need in that system. I, I get the argument, and I, listen, no, no one would have any more time than me and you than seeing like young players come into the team yeah. completely. But yeah, I, I think it's a difficult one for us to answer. I certainly, I don't, I haven't seen enough of him on his loan spell to suggest he's ready to be playing regularly in the Premier League and I guess the manager's not seen enough in training or in the 23s games to, to suggest yeah, and he was good enough to deputise for, for Decore. And the small, the small times he has featured, I think he played some minutes this season in the Carabao Cup. I think Benitez, okay. Benitez played him at Chelsea, I think, away when he came when he came on. And he, he, only had, he only has a couple of minutes, I think, at Chelsea. But, but yeah, it's, it, yeah, I, I think that's, from our point of view, we, we haven't seen enough of him yeah. and, and certainly I don't think the manager's seen enough to justify him coming in, into that significant position. Um, just to comment on the red card, which we obviously just covered, and uh, this is from Chloe Finn. Um, Disappointing Dyche's reaction to Dom's red card after the game. Other managers have in the past and will in the future be more protective of their club. Dyche seems to just shrug it off. Do you think he needs to fight more for us in the media? A bit harsh. I thought he was... I don't want to say he shrugged it off. I think he said, I'm sick of this now. Like, you know... Without putting, wor- without putting words in the... Well, sorry, it was, Chloe. Without putting words in Chloe's mouth, I think there was two press conferences after the game, and mm. I think in the I think the one with ITV probably was a bit passive. But I've also seen the clip of the mainstream media, and he's slagging VAR yeah, off, is, and yeah. he's slagging the camera off, and he's going get that sorry the screen, yeah. and he's saying I'm a fan of it, but it's not working. And I think maybe Chloe's just just seen the one. Mm. Would I like him to be like Arteta and Klopp and really grit his teeth? At times, but not all the time. You pick your moments there. Mm. I think Everton's relationship with the Premier League and the PGMOL probably doesn't need our manager to make no, it any worse at maybe. the minute. But I, I like the fact that you know we want someone out there fighting for our club. Um, but I think that can be done in different ways. Um, couple couple of general questions on 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 the club really. Um, the first one from. Um, Peter McKay, talking about the stadium. Opinion on Everton confirming. We haven't covered this to be fair, so thanks for mentioning this, Peter. Or Pete. Opinion on Everton confirming we won't move into Bramley Road until 2024 when it will be ready in this current year, in this calendar year. What do you want to see happen in the last season of Goodison in the way of closing Goodison properly? I don't think logistically you can move mid-season. Me and you would need two season tickets. By the way, I think from the, the way he's put it, I think he's satisfied with that and he's, he's more asking with that said now and, and I think Everton have made that decision for a number of reasons not, not least a bit of fan consultation I think Everton see it right that Goodison has a f- full season you know to kind yeah, of yeah no, that's important out. but the, the move itself look me and you have got young children 
on waiting lists. Mm. So what happens if they then get a seat for Bramley Moor but not for Goodison and we move in December logistically and then how mm. do we go and pick our seats? Mm. What does that do to the Everton team who, I hate to be Billy Negative balls here, but if an Everton team is struggling in December to then move, Everton moves, mm. what does that do to it's that all, team? It's, yeah, it's, it's also a bit mad for the opposition, isn't it? Like, I'd sooner play a game in a new stadium if I was an opposition player than me playing at Goodison and being a bit yeah. more so could, it could almost give an advantage to one team I, I almost think Everton shouldn't be allowed to do that imagine our first game in, in, in December is a six pointer mm. against our rivals and I yeah. can't find the bog <laughs> you know what I mean he's looking <laughs> something like that it's little mm. things I, I look mm. the ground's going to be ready there'll be test events I imagine the women will play there I imagine the 223s will play there I imagine the legends might have a game there and I imagine the fans will be allowed to go in um, so again, as, as main question, sorry, Millsy, at the end is what do you want to see happen in the last season of Goodison by way of closing Goodison properly? It's got to be done in a special, mm. special way because you, you're going to have people, maybe three or four generations in the stand together. For you want to count down the, the last time. ten, I think the last ten. If you can, if, ten, if, nine, eight, if, if, we're, if we're in a position where the, the club is in a, in a or the team are in a healthy position and you can really enjoy going the game and there's nothing hanging over your head, as I've hated Bournemouth or Palace, so it's been our last game. Yeah. But if we're in a position where we arguably should be now where it's mid-table and you can, you know, enjoy going the game and take your family and take your little boy or take your little girl, take your granddad, take your nan, whatever it is, and enjoy Goodison. I th- I'd love to see, we've had this, un- the last game has to honour the legends. The last game mm. has to get them out. Well, so what Tottenham's done and West Ham's done when they moved. They got them out. I'd love to see fucking Paul McCartney there. I'd love to see Beatles well, we tunes. Do, we, do speak to, we do speak to, obviously, the Everton uh, comms team and marketing team. I'd love to see, like, a countdown from 10, 10 down to 1. And almost do it in decades. So, like, right, we're going to cover players from the 50s era or 40s, yeah. you know what I mean? Almost like right up to, and then the very last one being legends. This is our what yeah. we deem to be from each each decade, the legends that have contributed to this club. Yeah. But I, I think each decade, decade almost needs its own because it's easy to overlook, like, you know, maybe decades that we haven't been picking up trophies, but each of those players in their own merit of, you know, gave a service to Everton, haven't they? And they deserve yeah. recognition. We've met plenty of them, you know, by doing extras. And we've got a question on that in a minute where maybe, you know, they haven't been considered legends, but you look at what they've done for the club and, and what yeah. the service they put in and, and everything. And they don't really maybe get as much recognition from the club. No, as they should yeah, do. I agree with that. And you get men and their family coming in and you see how much Goodison means to them and, and vice versa. Selfish point of view, I'd love the fans to be able to, to do more at Goodison. It's not mm-hmm. just a match day for the final year. I don't know how that would work. I don't mean we just turn up and have a burger there, but there's some there's fans of there's lots of events. Come and see Goodison Park lit up yeah, for the last time. Yeah. There's events, there's gonna be not so much of a concert, but there's things happening throughout the season. We're gonna mm. have a night with Neville Southall in the park end. We're gonna fill the park end for and put screens on the pitch That's... and we're gonna run them. You know, just yeah, yeah. do no, that I at like Goodison. That. I like that. We, you know, we've got we've got three or four or five, haven't we? Sweets really that are used on a match day. I think they could definitely be used in the last season because there's only there is only so many games and there's only and there's there's obviously thousands of players that, that could be honoured in a, in a different in, in one way shape or form. Not just players, the staff isn't there. They've contributed to the club mm. to Goodison. So yeah, I'm 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 assuming I'm hoping <laughs> that behind the scenes all that's being planned and it's yeah. and it's all it's all in. So hand. I'd love to see as well. And this is bias because she's our friend and he's our friend. I'd love to see Colin Arley be the last person to wave. Yeah, yeah. Go down that tunnel to Zed Cars. Yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? It's Colin Arley saying goodbye. Because you haven't got Baller, you haven't got Dixie. No, no. You'd have, you know, you've got Neville, you've got the 80s team, but I just think Evertonians and Colin is that. Yeah. I'd love to see that. Yeah, definitely. Love that. 
Um, and, and just on that note, you've obviously just mentioned Colin Harvey. This is from uh, Parker. Um, are you going to bring back Across the Park Extra podcast with ex-players? They're the best show. Believe me, Parker, we've never <laughs> took them away. It's just we're running out of contacts now. So if you've got any anyone you want to push our way, uh, we, we've exhausted all our own personal contact. We are working, as we've said, we are working closely with the club. We're hoping to announce a few um, in, in coming weeks, uh, in, you know, in, in dialogue with the club to try and get them out. But believe me, mate, they're the ones we enjoy the most as well. It's, it's we were quite much... fortunate at the time that we came around, 2018, there was podcasts, but their focus wasn't interviewing guests. Couldn't, wasn't it? Mm. And then we came and, and we had a flurry, mm. like, and people got used to it and we mm. loved it. Mm. And I think the last one that we'd done, you'd done Mick Lyons in the summer, which mm. is special. So, like I, like George, you said, it's it's something that we'd love to continue doing, but we've, we have done an awful lot. I think we've done over 50. Yeah. Um, if you, yeah, like George, you said, if you know, if you know anyone, if you know Stuart Barlow, Give him my number. We'll Actually, do you know Stuart Barlow? Well, there you go. Barlow's coming up next week. He can't get older than anymore. <laughs> I've got his old number and he's not like... Yeah, I used to play five-a-side footy with him as well, but yeah, I, I could definitely get jigsaw. There we go. I just need to get someone to get older than for me. Um, one from Gav, and a couple more now, but this one, um, we watch over in Perth every week. Could you answer a question on Tim Cahill? I already know the answer to this question, but I'll give it to you. I've only supported Everton from 2014, but I love Tim Cahill. Is he a legend at Everton to you guys? To our generation, he is. Yeah, to us. You ask Judgy's dad, who's watched players win trophies and bring trophies down Queen's Drive, I think he'd probably say he was a good player. Yeah, he, 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 won't, he won't use the word legend. Yeah. But to, to us, to us. Who yeah, grew like, up. And then, he's, in my, he's in my top five players I've seen in terms of the impact he yeah, had. And, and his he was, affinity, the, the relationship he had with the fans, his commitment to the cause. He was, he was around. Value so, for money. So our period, so Kyle was 04 to what, 12? We, we, we were, we, we eight were na- years. We were 19, 19 that was 19, 19 to 28. So that's, that's when we were going out after the match down. every week and, and, and Tim Kyle could send you into town yeah, yeah. with a win and bet, bet slip and a good yeah, mood and yeah. things like that. But I think legend, I think that's a, that's a subjective word. I think for mm. this generation, I could see why Tim Kyle is someone's favourite player. I can see why someone would still have a Tim Kyle canvas or would still yeah. watch Tim Kyle YouTube videos before they go to sleep. But I think legend's a subjective word, isn't it? Yeah, I think the last bit to you guys, he is to us, but I agree with Mills, he maybe not in folklore. But I think it if if you to make it generational, if you look at like, you know, between as you say, the noughties from two thousands to two thousand twenty, I'm struggling to think of a player well, who had as much of an impact. Post war Merseyside Derby goals up there with Dixie. Yeah. Um I'm sure he's got a couple of other records. One thing you, you one thing you can't deny is he came in and made an impact. He's oh, yeah. in the books Absolutely. for all the right reasons, yeah, and definitely. and he he never crapped on us. Probably times he could have moved, yeah. didn't. And the the biggest thing I can say about Tim Kyle for an Australian who came from Millwall is I do feel he's like one of us. He does feel like one of us, and and I think he he feels the same. To be fair, from when I've when I've spoke to him and and hear from him. Last one, and this is a, a dead easy one. It is for me because I, I don't know the answer. Charlotte on Instagram, uh, when will we hear about the appeal? Charlotte's one of our big listeners. We know Charlotte, so hello. I always said we'll answer the question for you. I don't know whether you mean DCL or the No, it'll, be the, it'll be the appeal on the, the, the 10 points. Okay. It's, so it's we, we've heard that the all Premier League clubs had to file their accounts by the 31st of December. 
so that any breaches could be dealt with this year. We've heard that those potential breaches will be reported to the clubs by the end of January. I don't see how we could have another one without the appeal being heard. I think it's going to be It's good imminence, isn't it? Yeah, that's what we had, we had plenty as always. We tried to pick some out that were most relevant to what we were going to speak about on this episode. But as always, appreciate the questions. Um, they are they are great, and and the comments on the episodes are brilliant. We we again we always try to to respond to them if we can. Some of them are complimentary, some of them are not. But again, equally the feedback. I love the ones that aren't. If I'm, if I'm sitting you're, there and I've got time, come for me and I'll come go back. You can for always you. tell that the response is quite witty. <laughs> it's Millsy. It, it, it'll be a little bit them. more little bit more uh, edgy if it's from me. But um, again, thank, thank, thanks as always for that. And again, just, just to reiterate our thanks to our sponsors, our thanks to the Pod Cafe. Um, we couldn't really be doing this without the support of you guys. Um, please make sure you subscribe to our channel if you don't already. It's you know it, it really is important to us. It helps a lot. We don't we don't. It's not our full time job, but it allows us to spend a bit more time doing things. The question on the extras gives us a little bit more time and resource to go and hunt extras. You know, sometimes you have to pay for people to come in, even if it's just paying for their expenses. So all that really helps just by clicking subscribe. If any of your mates don't subscribe, tell them to subscribe as well because it helps. But again, thanks as always. Really appreciate it. We will be doing an instant match reaction after the Aston Villa game, so look out for that. And as always, up the toffees. <laughs>